Hey guys, welcome back to episode number 11 of the Canadian Hustlers podcast. We're here today with Rebecca Fisher and Jessica Veldhoff from Urban Wheel, Urban Wheel Boutique. Uh, welcome. Can you uh, quickly start with an introduction of both of you guys? What do you do? Where did you grow up? Oh, uh, I'm Rebecca, and I actually am Alex's wife, believe it or not. Beautiful. <laughs> yes. And um, I grew up actually in Haldeman County, about an hour away from here. Okay. And um, I actually came up with the idea for the business um, in February of 2018. Last year? Last year. Yep. And what had happened was I had been making handmade decorations <laughs> and I had been selling my items with other artisan stores. Okay. And I decided that we needed one in Oxford County because at the time not one existed here. Got it. And I thought that'd be a great idea for me to start. Yeah. So what is Urban Wheel Boutique? Urban Wheel Boutique, it's a collection of local artisans. Um, they make everything from decor, um, bath and body, uh, cold press soaps, um, they sew things, they crochet things, they quilt, they really cool. yeah, do just about everything you can think of woodworking. Yeah. So we just have a, a great uh, showcase of their items and available for purchase. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, you're working at Urban Mill, you're doing it together with Rebecca? Yeah, so uh, it's it's together. So yeah. um, pretty much, yeah. How it happened? She said she came up with the idea. She came to my place, and then she kind of was talking about it. And I was like, "Do you want some help?" Because I also kind of do the signs and everything. Right? Okay. So, I was so like, you were handcrafting. Yeah, and yeah. I kind of knew that I wanted to expand into something more than just the sign business kind of thing. So I asked if she wanted help, and then it kind of just sprouted from there. So that's kind of how we made the business together. So, yeah, real yeah. nice. So Urban Wheel existed before. Didn't it? Yeah. Or, or was it a new concept that got brought in or did the whole store idea completely change up? What was kind of the transition that happened about a year ago? So how it happened is uh, when we first started, we just kind of essentially rented a space at Sundown Farms. Okay. And so we just kind of started our artisan market there and then we recently did a huge renovation. And yep. when that happened, we kind of decided to combine businesses all together. Got so it. Sundown Farms and Urban Wheel are now one business and we are motto is pretty much anything made in Ontario. So we've got food and now we've got artisans, we've got all that kind of yeah. anything you can think of in Ontario, hopefully we're gonna expand. Yeah, really nice. So you're looking to expand right now it's um you said Ontario, is it so what what kind of crafts um do you sell in the store? Do you still make a part of it yourself? Yeah. Uh, what is kind of the main So part? we still love crafting. Deep right. down heart we're crazy little crafters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we're being honest. <laughs> So pretty awesome. much, yeah. yeah. So Rebecca still does the wreaths, and I still do the signs. Okay. Um, and we do have other vendors as well that kind of help, you know, fill the voids when we're not able to kind of completely do everything. Okay. And then we've kind of just done a couple other things on the side. Like we've done some DIY classes together where we were just like, um, where it's like porch decorations. So make a sign, make a wreath together, and then we've done different kind of deco projects. Just whatever we feel that day, yeah. honestly. We do when we have in a minute. Other than that, it's the store is kind of the main focus for us. Really nice. So that's cool. So going from pretty much in the kitchen, handcrafting items mm -hmm. to selling it in the store, that was probably a complete different thing. Um, what what was the biggest change that 
came with it. The biggest change is obviously you, you have a brick and mortar store. So yeah. now you have to be in a store from nine to five or whatever your hours are, right? And that was kind of a bit of a transition, right? Where you yeah. can't just do things at home, leave on the counter and go away from there. I found that to be one of the biggest changes. And I don't know. I liked it. What did you think? Totally. And it's creating a space because we're both moms. Going from a home environment where it's easy set up for your kids to play. Yeah. Going to um, a business where people are coming in, you have to have that set up for your family. Like your business sort of becomes a second home for you and your kids. So. I love that. Yeah. They're enjoying it. Yes, very much. Helping out. Yeah. Yeah. Coming too. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Trying. <laughs> like my son enjoys it more actually. He's quite a social person. Every okay. person that comes in decides to sit there talking to him for five minutes and people actually ask where he is when he's sleeping or if he's not there on Saturdays. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you both um, started that. Did you both have a career before that or you were always a mom since your early 20s or what was kind of transition towards opening the store? What was your career path towards the Yeah, that's, 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 that's the question. Yeah. Okay, so pretty much for me, it started out like how the slime business was the main thing, like I said, right? So before we were renovating the house, and then I kind of wanted to have my own business, and we had some leftover wood and all that kind of stuff, so I decided to just make decor out of it, and right. which escalated to the slime business. But yeah, so before the slime business. Before that even. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go way back. Like, like, out, of high school. Yeah. out of high school. Out of high school. school. We want right a story from high school. Oh my, that's the a high school story. story. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's what brought you to here, right? Okay. So you want to know what you've learned along the way okay. in order to run a business. In okay. a sense. So right out of high school, I um, didn't know what I wanted to do, so I just kind of moved out, was waitressing, and then I decided to go tree planting. And then I came back and I was like, okay, I kind of want to do something. So then I went to school for graphic design for a year. Okay. So I did that and then I started working in that field for a while and I just could not stand sitting on my butt all day. I could not just sit around yeah. and just in front of a computer. It wasn't for me and I knew that. But so you did like the creative part of it. Love the creative part. Right. I, always, I always have. So my mom actually yeah. pushed me into graphic design because she thought I'd be really good at it because I was always creative. So after that, I um, yeah, just didn't know what I wanted to do, so I just went tree planting again, and then I came back, because it's only kind of like a two-month thing, and then I, what did I do after that? <laughs> I worked on my parents' farm when I came back, and okay. just kind of was dairy farming, and then I moved to Ontario with a friend, I wanted to go to Nova Scotia, but she's like, no, I want to move to Ontario, so I decided to go with her, and then... So you're not originally from here? No, no. Okay. So I moved to Ontario and then I was waitressing again and then I went to school for PSW. So I did that for a while and then I got, like married my husband and I knew that I did not want to do shift work for the rest of my life, not right. with a family. So then from there is when I quit that job. We were flipping a house and that's when I got into the sign business and then from there kind of went to this. So really cool. And then I could still do the design part of it too, yeah. right? So that's awesome. What about you? I spent 10 years in three different companies doing various administrative tasks. Okay. So a little bit of everything, including accounting. Um, and then I went off on maternity leave with my first child. Yep. And I got a little bit bored. I was used to the grind. Right, and being busy. And once you get into a routine with, um, with a child, you do miss that kind of, you know, busyness yeah, of I working. See that. Mm -hmm. So I thought, I'm going to, 
I'm going to do something. So I started making wreaths. I really liked burlap wreaths. Yeah. And so I made one for myself and I decided to keep making them. So I started doing that. I started running do-it-yourself classes for them. Okay. And then I started selling them in various stores. Cool. So did you already have a business established at that time or was it just out of your house selling? It was just out of my house. Okay. So how did people find out that you were selling them? When you just got started? Oh, 100% social media. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much how most people with their own business these yeah. days get that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just started posting them for sale on like buy, sell, trade websites okay. and groups. And yeah, people were like, oh, you do wreaths. And then someone would see that wreath on their friend's door and they would contact me. I, right. I saw you made this beautiful wreath for my friend can you make one for me please? yeah so it, it went really well like that and also okay. doing the classes really helped uh, get my name out there as well and the same with the signs you did it on social media as well that, yeah. that's where you built off of right so it's one of the best and the worst things i think if a business could run without social media i would enjoy that more but it's such <laughs> it's, 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 it's a necessary it's, evil now yeah right? exactly so, yeah so what made you think about i actually really like the idea of starting workshops of giving classes um, how did you come up with that? My friend suggested it okay. because she herself really wanted to make one, but she had no idea how. There you go. You so I just thought, okay, well, let's just do a whole class. Yeah, and you did it at your own place, or you? I actually did my very, very first class in the basement of my mom's house. Okay. Yeah, um, because I knew a lot of people in that area. Yeah. She lives in Caledonia, so. Um, yeah, I just did my first class in her basement. That's really cool. I think there was maybe eight or ten people. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we hope to expand that in the current store as well, kind of more workshops in the back because we find it is a great way for people to come. They come in and look at your product, they can make the product, and they, like, it's attracting the right clientele, right? People who right. normally want to come out to your store or will come out if they can create something. It's like a work. fun service and an atmosphere yeah. too, right? Yeah. Exactly. Trying to create. Right? I've yeah. actually been thinking about it a lot lately. Um, retail in general because it's not a necessity anymore to have a brick and mortar store mm -hmm. it has to change somehow into an experience that people actually want to be there mm -hmm. as opposed to hey i just need a product so i need to go to the store because so i believe that's eventually gonna eventually gonna well, with, Am with amazon yeah. stuff like that it does phase out a lot yeah. of that stuff so so you're creating an experience that way and that's that that's what keeps you relevant in today's i, I think so market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that and also the unique items that we carry, we feel keep us relevant in today's market because, you know, the essentials, the things you get on Amazon, those aren't things you can find in our store. Right. We're off the beaten path. We have unique items. Uh, well, like the pickle stuff. ketchup. Yeah. Yeah, dill pickle ketchup advocate. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Never it's had so it before. It's, it's so really good, good, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It, was just, it was promoted by Jess and I had some. Okay. I, I can see I'll have some more. It's really good actually. Yeah. Yeah. So is it a local company that makes it or you guys make it? Yeah. Yeah. I actually tried it at the Tilsonburg Fair, I think it was. Okay. Me and my husband did and then from there I've just been kind of searching for it ever since and I was like, Hey, I have a store, I could probably stock it in there. Right. So Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Wanna to speak to some more of the unique products you guys have? Like food wise. Sure, or, yeah, yeah, we have like uh, the really unique stuff, you know. The really unique stuff. We have some awesome crab apple jelly. And they also do these, it's made locally, crab apple um, drink mixes. So they have cocktail recipes on there and their cocktail mixers. 
Um, and we have... We've got a lot of, um, like, this, like, chocolate. This chocolate that we have, it's um, from Habitual Chocolate in Woodstock. So he actually brings it in, and a lot of these people, they source their products, and they get it in from all these different areas. And, like, a chocolate, he makes it all himself, and it's real chocolate. It's not, like, you know, the stuff you find on the shelf. Right. It's, it's dark chocolate, but it doesn't taste bitter. It's delicious. And then on top of that, we have the coffee too, right? They, right? they source their beans. You know a bit more about it. You can talk about it if you want. Yeah, their focus is on um, fair trade. So they want it to be sustainably sourced right from farmers. Um, and then they roast it right in Woodstock at their place. So that's early bird coffee. Okay, um, yep. Yeah, they do a really great smooth coffee. Um, they have, a, I think, five different blends now. Okay. Yeah. That's one of another one of the unique items that we carry. We also carry, um, like, this amazing handmade pasta. Um, it's uh, got so much extra nutrients. It's so much better for you than just the regular pasta on the shelf. And, again, it's something you wouldn't find anywhere other than, like, our store, maybe a farmer's market. Yeah. So. Really cool. Yeah. Um, how, how can you kind of navigate on what you could potentially sell in the store and what is hard to sell? Like how can you source your products? Is it just a trial and error kind of thing or what's kind of the process there? We've been open for a little bit too. So we kind of, when people come and ask us, like we, we know what people are looking for. Like a lot of gluten-free is kind of a huge, huge thing. Okay. And vegetarian and everything. So we kind of try going towards that, but something that would be staples in the house, right? Like the pastas, we try two of them. Um, let's just see because we tried them ourselves and thought they were delicious but yeah. we want to see if people are, like the price point they like the product and then from there we see if they want it and if we're selling a lot of it then we'll expand Got so it. usually we'll just test a couple products and then kind of go from there yeah that makes sense so. and with testing too it's like, an, it's like an information path right without people see a product on the shelf and you don't test it mm-hmm. or you don't sample it and people won't it's hard to sell it needs a story behind it yeah you have to be able to taste it yeah so that, that's probably a big part of the company itself too then a lot of things you can kind of try out well and making it yourself a big part of that too yes i think i find personally that when i'm selling in the store if i've taken the product home and used it and shown a few different uses for it or recipes yeah then when a customer comes in and they they always ask this same question is hmm what can i do with this or what can i use this for and so that's really helpful is if you've used it yourself right that's A, you standing behind your product, and yep. B, it's just giving a practical use for it. Yep. Like the apple butter that we sell, I love making that into a barbecue sauce, and I use it on pulled pork, and everyone, they hear that, and they go, because they immediately think, it's a spread, we're going to put it on our toast, but there's so much more you can do with it. So as soon as you make a personal story for something, it does, sell, it does seem to sell it more. So you can talk about oh, the ingredients all day, how it's made all day, as soon as you say, I use it for this, or I use it for that, or I've had it with this. Yep. You'll sell it way faster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we find too, like a lot of products, like we said, it's all locally sourced. Right. And a lot of these people we have talked to, we have met, and we see their families and everything, right? So if you yeah. tell, like we have this one um, body product lady, and she started her business when I believe she was 16 years old. She's 18 now, and she's wow. got this huge lineup, and she's doing quite well. Okay. It's just, Local? it's quite, yeah, it is. It's really quite, I think she's from uh, Woodstock, I think it was, Brits. Mm. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, so she's local, and it's 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 amazing, right? You tell people that, and all of a sudden they get inspired. They're looking for her, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And then they want to buy those products. So yeah. if you can tell people where they come from 
and the family you're supporting it when you buy it. It's it's huge. I like that. So. And you know, B from last episode, we heard products in the store as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's another locally sourced. Yeah. Yeah, she's from London. Yeah. So it's a, it's just a combination of a lot of local products. Um, is it most mostly regular customers, or do you have a lot of visitors coming in who've never seen it before? Both. Both. We have a lot of day trippers in our area. Okay. Uh, they go on something like the Oxford County Cheese Trail, or they will, you know, be out and about trying to go to the airport maybe in Tilsonburg which is super close for some lunch and they'll go oh we saw your place and we thought we'd stop in mm-hmm. but then yeah. we have our regulars yeah we have a lot of people coming in for their staples like every Friday I see the exact same people for cheese curds I see the exact same people coming for eggs and yeah. like it's just you always know a product we're going to come for you build up a connection with them too which yeah. Is really nice. yeah. yeah and when you make a post on social media how well does that work so let's say you, you, I know you guys do like features and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like after making a post, do you guys notice people come in for those things? I, yeah, I think so. Like we do, oh yeah, we post a lot. <laughs> Sorry. <It's> okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I do, I do find that we do get a lot of responses from that, especially when we do our videos and everything. I'm not sure if it's because they can see us or they just enjoy watching the video and hearing us talk. Yep. <laughs> but either way, it does, like I find people do come in a lot for those products yeah yeah again it's adding that story behind the products they would just maybe walk past on the shelves right Mm -hmm. um we also have a lot of different products so i think that when we feature certain things it just gives people um an opportunity to get to know some of the stuff they wouldn't necessarily come in for like maybe they come in for cheese curds all the time and they didn't realize we have reusable produce bags Mm -hmm. for example right and we do have an ever ever changing lineup as well because vendors okay. are always coming and dropping new stuff off. Because pretty much everything, if it's handmade, it's one of a kind, right? So then we have so many different products coming in that if we always post about what's new in store, then I think it's a lot easier to see. It's not like you have you know same lineup. Here's my yeah. spring lineup, my winter lineup. It's a little bit different than that. Yeah. So, yeah. so most people we had on um, had com- had companies that sold all over the place, or were not were not that locally based or locally focused. Um, what are some of the key things that you should think of when you start something that is um, focused on such a local community in terms of marketing or starting up the business? Well, you have to know your demographic 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing you have to realize is you're selling to a community. So you have to stand behind your product and you have to bring in stuff that you believe in. If you don't believe in it, you're not going to sell to people that you rely on a a very, very small base of customers in a community rather than selling across Canada. So you have to create a report with them, stand behind your product, because if you don't believe in it, they won't believe you. Especially in a small town, small community. Yeah, I think customer service is huge. Yeah, it is. Right, like especially in a small community like that, like you want to service every customer as good as you can, and that's you build it one person at a time. Right. Absolutely. Right? But you guys are online as well, right? You guys have a um, on. Yeah, we have an Shopify, online store. Yeah, okay. Shopify. Yeah. yeah, we have a Shopify store, so everything on the artisan side is um, able. You can buy it online, and mm-hmm. then we're hoping to get a couple more very unique food products. But that's kind of. So you guys ship Canada wide kind of thing, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We even did a shipment. I think two shipments to the states. So. Okay, cool, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So what is kind of the uh, what works better with those kind of products? Is it the Shopify part of it, or is it brick and mortar still for you guys? 
You know, it's so hard because when we first started the Shopify store, it took a lot of work because every product's different. You're pick, taking pictures of all these and it was right. a lot of work. But we sell, I'd say, maybe 5% of our sales are online. So okay. that's not a very high number. We're hoping to build that. But we have people coming in constantly saying, I've seen this on your website. I scoped your website. I want this. I want this. I want this. So it's technically an so online sale, but it's, it's, not, not, right? it's almost a catalog and people... Yeah. Yeah, and I would say, yeah. yeah, we have about 50% of people coming in saying that. Like, we have a lot of people coming in telling me that, that they've seen this hmm. online. So it's, it's hard to say that what, you know, like, it, it's worth doing, but yeah. sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that makes sense, because actually, you could really see that working, because if you post something on your Facebook or Instagram page, mm-hmm. and you feature one product, and the person is not necessarily interested in the product, where can they go? to learn more about the store, right? What what you have available in store. Mm-hmm. A website is super helpful. I, I would do, I'm doing the same thing. If there yeah. was a local store and said, hey, what are these guys about? And if it's local, yeah, I might not necessarily buy it online, but just drive by sometime and say, hey, let's mm-hmm. check it out. So that's, um, it's more of a catalog yeah. Yeah. way yeah. of looking at it. Yeah. So what's the future like for Urban Mill? What's, what's the next three to five years look like? Big things. Big yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. We hope to expand a little bit um, on our food side. We always enjoy finding new products, but we find that we have to seek those products out more so. Um, the artisan community, they know each other and they talk. And so we find that we would, we would get people on the artisan side of things contacting us to carry their products versus the food products. Mm-hmm. So we cool. hope to expand the food products, um, find some nice unique items to kind of round out what we have. I think like the artisan side of things is always changing too. Because mm-hmm. there's always a new trend, yeah. something new, something different. Whereas food is, I mean, ketchup is ketchup. I know you have dill pickle ketchup, but yeah. <laughs> you know time. what I mean? Like it's, it's one, one product is one product and it doesn't really change as much. Whereas I know with crafts and stuff like that, there's a lot of trends, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So you you have an ever changing market in that sense. Yeah. yeah. And our, yeah, our big dream, I guess, would be to expand into counter service as well. So, cause cheese is a huge, huge part of our business actually. Okay. Our cheese trail, people come in constantly. Like that's probably one of our biggest so You're a part of the cheese. Yeah. How many different varieties of cheese do you have? So on you, Becca? I believe it's over 80. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just brought in a new lineup of cashew cheese, which is dairy free. Yeah. Okay. Made okay. in London. For people cool. that are lactose intolerant and kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. vegan. Cool. Yeah. For a variety of different reasons, people won't eat dairy or can't. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So 80, yeah. 80 different varieties of cheese. Yeah. yeah. And that's and it's all local. Yeah. 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 It is. I shouldn't speak for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, but that's... Uh, yeah, it's all local. So. Okay, so what do you mean by the counter service? So eventually, yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, no, go ahead. So eventually you want to be able to um, like have wheels there. So you can cut wheels okay. and serve it in that size, and then we could do meats as well, and then which would be an extension. You know, we could offer like local coffees, local baked goods, local sandwiches, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Just our dream would be to make Urban Meal that's a, a destination. We want people to go there, we want people to spend time there, and to get pretty much everything they need there. Yeah. It's kind of... Unique experience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So... Cool. Yeah. Um, what is kind of the, the path towards that? What, what would you need? 
in, in order to get to the ideal picture. <laughs> we need to improve our facilities a little bit, build up on those. Because right now, like, our facilities um, are not approved for what we want to do. Okay. We're going to basically go under construction a little bit. Got it. So well, we have to do that, and we need to perfect what we already have before yep. we get our feet wet in something else. We've only been open for two years now. Yeah, Close this two. is our second year, yep. but we also underwent a massive renovation this year. We were closed for several months, so we really need to just kick it into high gear with what we had before and what we have now before we introduce something else into our school. Yeah, that makes sense. Being a working mom too, it's, it's, oh, it's yes. strenuous and it's time consuming. We don't have the time right now <laughs> to right, fully invest. So. I have a six week old baby and I have a three and a half year old. She's just starting kindergarten right now. Yeah. So. And you have a my nine month old nine just month old. crawl. So. <laughs> first one. Yeah, yeah, first one. And our mother's in the store as well. Mm -hmm. Um, or my mom, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Say. But she's due for a hip replacement, so there's just you know it's it's a matter of time, a lot of personal stuff, but yeah, it's yeah. just it takes time to build it on. But right, so. how do you kind of manage it, being a mom and still working on something you love? Because I think that's a big thing. I see a lot of moms who come out of school, they have a job for let's say two or three years. They might even go to college to get a degree in something. Then they get a child and they they stay at home. Mm -hmm. um, which can be great, of course, it's a personal choice to make. Um, but what is for you the importance of, hey, I'm a mom, but in the meantime, I do still work on whatever I love to do? I think it's understanding priorities, right? Like right now, we, we're, we're good where we are. We can yeah. manage it in the sense of, you know, we're not taking on too much. Like we have an event coming up and stuff, but we're not trying to expand any further. We are where we are. We're kind of caught up, you know what I mean? So yeah. then as, at this point, it's, we know we can manage it. We know we're good, and you can't take on more than that. You know what I mean? Sense. Like we would love to grow, we'd love to expand, but how well can you do it? If you can't yeah. give your full self into it, why would you do it, right? And first, right now, yeah, first do what you yeah. have really yeah. good, yeah. and then build off that. Yep. Yeah. You have to find a really great balance because you you really don't want to sacrifice time with your family and time with your kids when they're little because it's fleeting. It's not coming back. It's not going to no. come back, and it goes so quick. If I know anything, because my daughter's starting JK, I'm really gonna enjoy this next few years with my son. Yeah. But yeah, you also have to realize that there's a part of you that really values what, what we're doing and doing it well. And so you only can take on so much mm -hmm. so that you can do what you're doing well. Yeah. I think if we took more on, we could do it, but we wouldn't do it well. We would struggle and it wouldn't be as good as it is. In time you can, right? It just takes time yeah. to build it. Yeah. So you mentioned something that you're having an event coming up. Want to speak a little more to that? Yeah. yeah. Um, we have our Fall Fest coming up. So this is our second annual. Uh, we had one last year, obviously. That's why it's okay. our second. So it, it was way, way bigger than we thought it ever would be. So we were quite excited about it. We kind of, well, you planned it last year. We had a bunch of vendors and we had a petting zoo. And then we were like, oh, yeah, people will come out because we want to give back to the community, right? Right. And it was it was huge. Like we wow. had people were lined up down the road. Like really? Was, oh yeah. yeah. So That's this fantastic. year we're uh, we're doing it again. So we've got yeah. a bunch for entertainment. We're trying to go a bit bigger. Just kind of get a couple more things. So we've got 
20 um, other local artisans coming in on, in, um, on top of what's in our store. Okay. Um, we're going to have a magician and a balloon twister, and then we're also going to have a free That's slime awesome. class for kids, and we're going to have food. <laughs> yeah. If you stop by, he can make you a bicycle, yeah. for sure. So we're, we're quite excited about it. We think it's going to be pretty big. People want to come see the facility, so yep. I'm, I'm quite excited about it. Me too. So that's in a sense a really great strategy of getting more awareness around the store, mm -hmm. right? especially when you're so community focused. Yeah. yeah. Um, what has kind of evolved in planning an event like that? Um, if, if someone else would want to pull off an event for their store, what would you suggest them to do? I think it's just trying to find something that would bring people out that you haven't seen before. You know what I mean? Like just offering something to people that they, they want to come out for, right? Like a lot of people are trying to find stuff to do for the kids. When I was doing my DIY classes, people were constantly like, you should do a class for kids. They're so bored. There's nothing to do around here, right? So right. having something for them to go to, to have fun, to spend the day at is huge. It's really big. You need mm -hmm. something family-based because yep. there's a lot okay. of stuff I feel like for adults to do, but not so much for kids. So there's a bounty cast in there last year too. Yeah. In case you want to go with it. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'll be in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Um, and then on top of that, I think just, like you said, provide people for experience. Why would they want to come out? What would make your event different than anything else? Because let's be honest, there's a lot of events always happening in Ontario. Yeah. So what sets you aside, right? Are you going to have better vendors? Are you going to have more? Are you going to have, you know, better food? Or So I think that's, I don't know. Do you guys think you'd be where you're at without social media? No, definitely not. Would you guys have? Would you guys have even started? I would have never been able to build my business whatsoever. I would never been to the point where I thought I could open a store. I might have done something, yeah. but I don't know. Should've it's hard. <laughs> it's impossible to say. I could have put like a little bit of. You could have put an advertisement on the paper. Like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in the classifieds. I build a leaf. Yeah, like I probably could have put some cracks in the store myself, but I don't know that it would snowball to what it is now, ever. Yeah, I just I don't know if artisans would have been really been around if it wasn't for social media in the beginning. Like I don't think moms, because that's what most of our yeah. crafters are. Yeah. I don't think they would have even started if it wasn't. They wouldn't have spent the ability to sell your yeah. products right. online. Yeah, and right. Christmas bazaars and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't think that that society I guess if you can call it that would even be to the scale that it is if it wasn't for that. So I don't think, and if we were to have a store, it would definitely not be in that location if it wasn't for social media. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because always you have to be in town to get the, to get the traffic, right? Yeah. Unless you would stick to being a, like a, a fruits and veggie stand, which yeah. we've kind of slowly gone away from. So. Yeah. It's a really interesting thought actually. The social media in general that have just opens up a lot of creativity that couldn't that people couldn't express beforehand. But now that you see that I just think and, it's, and no, it's so cheap to get your message out now. Yeah. Right? That's like a zero cost. You can boost it if you want to. Mm -hmm. But if you get a true organic following, which you guys are working on and, and every day improving, that it's you, you it's, it's free. Yeah. Like you make a video, people watch it for free and they come out and then you make a sale. Mm -hmm. And you grab 10, 15 years ago, that that's not possible. Not even close. Like your your ROI was horrible on yeah, the advertisement. It, it is in a it is as a store, but as you said, you started. You were bored as a mom at home, not knowing what to do. You started making something, and from there, yeah, you know, it, it's a very low, small step to say, hey, there might be a couple hours that I can spend a week doing something I like, and I might be able to make fifty bucks a week. 
selling that stuff. It can start on such a small yeah. scale. And that's exactly how it did start. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's, yeah. that's huge. Like, I just thought once I was done with maternity leave, if I could make some money to like buy groceries, that was me yeah. doing something while staying home with my daughter. That's the thing too, right? If you, if you, as a single mom do, or not a single mom, sorry, as a mom, right? If I, if I work full time and they stay home and take care of the child, they can make like 500 to $1,000 a month at home. Mm-hmm. You're further ahead. And social okay. media gives the ability to do that. Because by the time, if you go to work, you put your kid in daycare, you do all that. Mm-hmm. You grab all those numbers for a second vehicle, all that extra expenses, an extra five hundred to a thousand dollars a month. You are as far ahead, and social media gave you makes the ability to do that and let that happen. Yeah, it is financial, but I also think it's on the creative part of it. Yeah, that's right. There's sure. a lot of people that don't even think about the money part. Just think, hey, I want to make something. And I want to show people what I make. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's true enjoyment. It, it it opens up the creativity for a lot of people who've never been in a space where they thought, hey, I might be able to do something and get people to see it. Oh, yes. I'm working on. A lot of people do creative things. Like even when I was a kid, I did lots of creative things. I would like sew little purses and stuff, but there was no social media. No. Like where would you even think to sell this? This, could this be a business? It was never, it was always like, oh, look what I made here. I gave one to my sister, gave one to my mom and that's it, right? Yeah. And then you didn't have anyone else to give it to, so you stopped making them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And now, because you can't always get rid of them one way or the other, the creativity can pass yeah. on as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is creating like a slightly overflooded market too of some crafters, but the thing is, yeah. is then it really, it makes people push for like a more professional business look, right. I find too, which is huge. Like I know when we first opened up too, I was blown away by the professionalism of what local people could make. Like I had no idea. Like you look at some of the pictures they take, the labeling and everything, and you're just like, wow, you did that on yeah. yourself? Like that's, it's amazing. Good yeah. for you, you know what I mean? Like with everything that you can offer, like Vistaprint and whatever you want to talk about, you know what I mean? Like you can make something for cheap and, you know, start a business. Yeah, almost, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it doesn't take much to start a business like you used to. No. 20. Start a business getting into sales, I guess, in a sense, right? Oh, yeah, it's, that's a very low, very small step mm-hmm. to make. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it opens up a lot of opportunities for a lot of people mm-hmm. who are, yeah, who never thought that they could do something in that sense. Cool. Yeah. That was kind of why I wanted to start an artisan market too, right? It's just because we wanted to sell our stuff somewhere and we wanted to offer a place for other people to do it as well right? yeah because that is what it is is we're giving these people an opportunity to have more foot traffic than just you create a display for them book. yeah so hey i want to showcase your work and i'm proud of what you do for the community and hey put it right over here and hopefully every month a thousand people will see it yeah right yeah totally. so if there are any artisans that would want to apply how would they do that they would just have to send us an email where can they get in contact with you guys? Uh, we have an email specifically for vendors who want to apply to sell their products with us. It's uwapply at gmail.com. Awesome. Yeah, you can also just stop by the store too, and then we do have application forms you can pick up. And that will kind of give you a rundown of what it is or how much it is and everything to be in store. Yeah. And then you take it home, you fill it out, and then we can kind of get to know you and your products, and then you can drop it off again. So Makes yeah. sense. So you said there's a little... Um, uh, competition 
you could call it that way, mm-hmm. within the local craft space. Um, do you guys notice an increase in quality as a result of that, or certain people, or certain things, just stopping, or speeding I, up? I would think actually quality is one part of it that you would see improving. But a lot of people make great stuff. But what you see is the people who take it seriously, who okay. want to do it as a full-time business instead of just I'm messing around with some stuff and trying to sell it online. Got it. Mm-hmm. So we'll, yeah, okay. So really, what happens at a certain moment? The people who want to make one or two a month are not going to be able to do it anymore. And the people who well, they can't they can't have stock, right? Nope. That that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the people that want to turn it into a business, you see they're serious. You see they 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 stock the product. They they try and you know yeah. they, they they give an effort. Yeah. So what kind of products um, would you be looking for to sell from local for local crafts? Literally anything. Okay. If you make it, we want it. It's 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 really interesting. Like the more unique the product, the better. Almost like we love seeing different unique things. Yeah. Anything, anything as long as it's handmade. Could you give a couple of examples of maybe people at home are like, hey, I could do something like that. I'm trying to think what we're looking for right now. Men's products. Men's products are hard to find, actually. Interesting. You know? So like, how many local guys that would? Yeah, I can see that. Actually. Or somebody who makes wooden pans or um, wine bottle toppers. Those kinds of unique items. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I don't know. Like, I we have this one lady in, and I really like. It's it's kind of just a different tip. And I just thought it was really cool when I first seen it. She's called Wild Jewelry, and what she does is she takes flowers, puts them in resin, and then puts it in jewelry. That's cool. And it's, okay. it's really cool. And then she has kind of like a, you know, what the flower stands for on the back of a card. And it's just kind of something, just a different take on something that a lot of people make. Like a lot of people make the jewelry, right? But this right. is just kind of unique, you know? Yep. I've also mm-hmm. seen people that we don't have any in the store, but that have taken a shovel and then they metal cut out like silhouettes and stuff in it. And then the shovel still so you can put it in like a garden or outdoor display. I don't know. Yep. It's just really cool things that people it's it's all art it really truly is right so and everyone likes to work with different product or i guess like different materials yeah so so what are some of the best selling products right now in the craft market we sell a lot of natural body care products people love knowing where it's made that it's made by someone who uses it and that it's handmade Mm -hmm. not factory made yeah they really care about what's going on their body in their body etc yeah, we sell a lot of decor too as yeah. well, just home decor people. Like you can get anything customized to it, so we do sell a lot of customized pieces for people. Okay. Um, we're getting to Christmas, so then I, now I'm finding... So, oh, sorry. Yeah, so customized meaning you go back to the... The maker, yeah. Okay. So if you want something, you come in, you're like, hey, I want this glass, but I want this thing on it. We'll contact the vendor, and okay. then we'll get them to make it for you, and then you can pick it up at the store. Cool. So. so you can get make really personalized gifts that way. Yeah, right? yeah. We, Especially if you wanted to like give a, a birthday present or some some form of, mm-hmm. some form of gift that be yeah. Well, that, that. That's a huge yeah. addition to it. Yeah, yeah. We sell wedding presents yeah. as well because people like that personal touch. It's unique. It's it's not necessarily something that anybody else would be able to find to give to them. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's for the artisan right. It's quite hard to tell you what sells best because it all depends on the time of year too like right now since it's back to school we've got back to school signs and some kids clothes and jewelry just kind of stuff like that and little reusable lunch bags 
And then now that's coming to Christmas, we're going to start doing, you know, like the novelty, like cups and all that kind of stuff. And then we've okay. got gift baskets and um, just kind of anything the, quirky. You get to make custom scarves. gift baskets people do Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We so. have a lot of beautiful scarves, hats, like outer access, outerwear accessories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we saw a lot of that stuff as well. Yeah, it was funny when we tried to figure out a name when we combined business, it was almost impossible because how do you put a name on something that has almost everything? Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. General yeah. store. Done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gift baskets. Next, I want to ask you a question about that. Is it just something you do for people or can companies come to you as well and say, hey, we want 10 gift baskets or 20 or 30 gift baskets for our team for Christmas? Absolutely. We do do that for companies and we have done that for companies okay um, people can choose what they like in their gift basket yep and then we can you know multiply that by however many they need so we've had some that were a mix of like cheese and different types of chocolates um chip nuts from picards yeah um really cool. we can also do ones that are you know a slice of of cold breast handmade soap um, you can do them at different price points, different right? I mean, price that, that really dictates what goes in the basket. We can right. do ones that are diff- geared to different types of people, yep. kids, adults. It doesn't really matter. Yep. We do it all. Yeah, you can come in or email us and tell us what, who the person is, I guess, maybe something they like, and from there we'll just hit your price point with a bunch of stuff, usually foods and then maybe something the mm-hmm. artist inside, depending on the person. It's so. kind of cool because it's not generic. You make each basket a little more unique, right? Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Well, th- then you can differentiate yourself, right? Yeah. At the moment, you so if you have a whole client list, you can be like, oh, this person likes this, this person likes this, and you can make a basket customized to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. We even have enough products. We could do like a vegetarian or a vegan gift basket, that okay. kind of thing as well, mm-hmm. with dietary restrictions and everything. So. Awesome. Yeah. One more question before we wrap it up, and this is a question we ask uh, everyone: What are three pieces of advice you could give anyone who would want to start something on their own? You need to do what you're passionate about um, because everything else seems a little easier yeah. when you love what you do. Mm-hmm. Don't just do it for the money. Right. Yeah. Do it for the passion that you have for it. Yeah. Um, and I would also tell them to do a lot of research and a lot of planning on what you're going to do. Um, you will make mistakes along the way, but every ounce of planning that you do will pay off. And jump in with two feet. Don't second guess yourself. Just do it today. I love that. Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Episode 11 of Canadian Hustler Podcast. And we'll be back next week. Bye.